2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith no, Kennedy, handball after Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. dropping oh! the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the Senate square. Boyd's kick the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the center square. Yes, hello and welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast for round one, season 2022. It's been a long pre-season. We've had a lot of stuff to digest over the last couple of months. And gee, it's good to finally have some real footy to talk about in the AFL men's sense. Coming up this week, um, plenty to talk about. Lots of team news, lots of team reveals for our own teams. Um, and helping me through it today, as always, are a couple of the goats in the Supercoach game. First off, we've got Nico, coach of love for overall runner-up, season
1: 2021. Nico, are you on the mend? How are you feeling? G'day, Eddie. I'm feeling much better, mate. Thank you. Just had a relaxing weekend away in Albury with the in-laws, so caught up on a bit of sleep, which was lovely, and um, pretty close to 100% now. Thank you.
2: Fantastic. And on the other line, I've got the Supercoach Bandit, one of the most... Prolific uh, tweeters in the Supercoach game at the moment. Is, his Twitter handle, SC Bandit, is going nuts lately. He's been putting in a lot of work for both over there and on the SC Playbook site. Bandit, uh, it's great to have you on board. How are you going this week?
0: Going very well, boys. It's uh, it's finally here. Round one's only a couple of sleeps away, and it's nice to actually have uh, round one on the doorstep. I know, as you said, uh, Eddie, we've had uh, a lot of pre-season preparation, but yeah, it's great to have the real stuff only uh, a couple of nights away
2: it's it's wednesday night i can't believe it it's come around so quick um and it's yeah thank god for that we've all been sort of hanging out for it and doing our best to to keep our teams as similar as we can but uh, if you're anything like me you've been uh, tinkering constantly making stupid changes um i've had to keep records of what my team was over the preseason just so i knew i could go back and have a look um but yeah let's get stuck into it so first off um we've got a bit of news to touch off um from from over the weekend the first one I wanted to get to, which sort of came out just as we were releasing last week's podcast, which is unfortunate, was the uh, the Braden-Pruce suspension. Um, and I think I, like many others, had him in the R2 spot, hoping to fill up uh, with some cash elsewhere. Uh, Nico, you, we, were t- we discussed a bit, a bit about this in detail on the pod last week, but I did want to ask straight off the bat, is there any merit in starting with Pruce at R3 um, and bringing him off the bench in round two and starting one of the West Coast boys or Hayes from Sequilda or one of those guys. Do you, do you think there's anything to that?
1: I think there is merit in it because he should have significant cash generation in him. However, I don't know if he can guarantee that he's 100% locked to come straight back into the team in round two. So there's that risk there. And for me, you don't want to have a, a 200K player sitting on the pine who's not guaranteed to be... The number one ruck or the number two ruck. Uh, so I think it's a bit too risky for mine. I can see the merit in it, um, but just not my kind of play. Bandit, I, I you've always sort of been off the Proust train, so I'm guessing you're in a similar vein to to Nico.
2: There is there anything that we're missing there, or is is that a pretty clear cut? Just cut your losses and go with as safe a pick as you can.
0: Yeah, it's pretty clear cut for me. I think Proust uh, getting himself suspended has uh, really taken the decision out of our hands. You can't you can't start him. You can't justify starting him at R3, in my opinion. Uh, if he doesn't play round two, uh, you've got Turner casing on the bench that you could be using elsewhere and you'll probably have to burn a trade at some point to move him out and bring someone else in. So from my point of view, uh, he's a no-go zone, was from the get-go and remains so now.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, for what it's worth, I, I actually drew some parallels this week to, I don't know if either of you guys play NRL Supercoach, but it's obviously where the SC Playbook brand started. And uh, NRL Supercoach this week, Harry Grant and Cam Munster, were both missing round one for Melbourne. Um, and it was a pretty popular strategy to start with them in round one and have them on the bench and bring them off in round two as a bit of point of difference. So that's actually what I did with my team for round one in the NRL stuff. But I think it's a, it's a slightly different ball game with uh, Braden Proust as opposed to two of the yeah. premier players in the storm. There are a bit more coming back in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, unfortunately, as much as I've been spruiking Proust over the preseason, um, I'm also with you guys. Um, and we've got a couple of other sort of injury news uh, snippets floating around. Uh, Paddy Ryder. Bandit, what have you heard? Because this is this is pretty relevant in terms of whether we start with Rowan Marshall or not, whether he's a genuine option. Have you heard anything about Paddy Ryder and, and do you know anything about his status for, for this week?
0: I haven't heard anything in the last couple of days. I've been keeping a bit of an eye out to see if there has been any word out of St Kilda about how he's going. I, he has to be up against it. I mean, he's, he hasn't played any uh, pre-season practice match minutes at all um, since, he, uh, since he had that little hiccup, um, I think prior to Christmas it was, so... I mean it's it'd be a big gamble by the Saints to to bring him in for round one, having not played any any practice match time, especially against one of the Premier Rucks in the in the competition. Um, he is getting older, so you know I think there has to be a thinking there for the, from the Saints. You know they really need to see Marshall step up this year. I think I think we'd be I'd be surprised if Ryder plays anywhere from sort of 15 to to 18 games this year. I just don't think his body's gonna gonna hold up at all. So from that point of view, I think he's gonna miss round one. It's probably a question of how quickly they bring him back into the team. From there, they might want to give him a couple of weeks in the twos just to build that match fitness but look to be honest on the back of I get very nervous when when guys aren't playing any pre-season minutes if you're looking to bring them straight in for round one I think that's a big risk especially with someone of uh of Ryder's age
2: for sure he's 34 years old now um has a decent injury history over the last couple of years um so that's kind of relevant for Supercoach in two respects firstly Rowan Marshall but secondly Jack Hayes from, from Kilda who they picked up um I think this time last week just as we were going to air they announced that he'd been signed so um, that's a couple of really relevant items there regarding Paddy Ryder, uh, Nico. I'll throw to you first in terms of what you have been looking at over the weekend and what you're you're hoping for out of these team releases this week. Um, give me the give me the ten minute run the ten second rundown on what
1: you're looking for. Yeah, so basically all I'm looking for is my rookies to be named, and that is hopefully on field and not on extended benches and stuff, which will create you know a lot of nerves going into going into the, the matches. So. Yeah, for me, it's it's guys like uh, Hinge and you know DeConing and Ward and Stevens and all these kind of type of players. Just making sure that they are definitely in the best twenty-two, and that we can lock them in for some you know cash generation is is which is what we're all trying to do. At the start of the year, is identifying these rookies who are going to play and who are going to score pretty well, and make us a bit of coin. So that's what I'm looking for.
2: For sure, Bandit. Anything from you?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd love some clarity around the rookies like Nico. I think uh, either end of the ground at the moment is proving to be a really, really big challenge. Even, um, you know, guys who we thought were sort of locked into their best 22s are probably, you know, you get to a couple of days out and you start second guessing yourself, you know, will they, won't they be named in, in their best 22s? So, yeah, looking forward to the uh, the team drops on, on Wednesday. Obviously, Melbourne and the Bulldogs will name their uh, teams tomorrow night on Tuesday night. Uh, and the rest of the teams uh, will at least have squads on on Wednesday. So yeah, just it's just hanging out for rookies at the moment. There's uh, I think everyone's locking in their primos and they're pretty settled with with that part of their squads. But yeah, the rookies are still um, going to cause us nightmares. I think not just not just in the early days of the round, but also towards the back end as well potentially.
2: And some breaking news we had this afternoon was uh, a guy that we chatted about fairly extensively last week, Tim Kelly, um, is out for the Eagles, so he will not be playing round one uh, due to COVID protocols. They're also without Liam Ryan, uh, who's similarly out with COVID protocols, and apparently Nick Nananui uh, hasn't been seen on the track this week. So that's another three stars to add to the, uh, the long, long, long list of West Coast troubles that they have. Nico that means, that means their rookies are probably going to be hot property this week. Who are the guys that we should be looking at from West Coast?
1: Yep. So we've got uh, Dixon in the ruck, who looks like he's going to be a, a bit of a shout now. Um, we've got um, uh, Hugh How. Yeah, Nash has been named. Um, we're given a contract as well. He's about 180 or 190K yeah. mid-forward. So he's um, he's definitely an option, whether or not you can... Pick another guy in that price range. Um, you know, it's it's all up to your your individual teams and how you structured up. Um, I can't make it work, so he's not an option for me. Uh, but yeah, definitely starting Dixon and maybe having a look at um, at, at um, how or Hugh or whoever whoever you pronounce him. He's a 117k midfielder.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, another bit of injury news we had over the week was Harry Jones for the Bombers uh, is going to miss uh, a fair few a fair chunk of the season with an ankle injury, which is unfortunate for him. Um, But it does open a really big door for Kane Baldwin, who's a 123K forward from the Dons. Uh, Is he in your calculations at this point, Bandit?
0: He's not at the moment. I think there's a couple of guys that are slightly more expensive with probably better job security and also better point scoring potential as well. Um, To be honest, on the West Coast Eagles, I'd be surprised if Nick Nat's not sitting in a... Uh, biosecure room at this point. Um, he's probably the player that West Coast can uh, ill afford to lose at this point in the season. So it'd be an absolute disaster if he uh, if he tested positive for COVID and had to sit out for for a few weeks. But um, yeah, I think you're spot on with with uh, rookies. Um, you know, there's I think every team's starting to pop up with you know a little injury here or there that's just slightly opening the door for. For a rookie or two at each team, so uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on over the next couple of days because there could be a little tidbits like like the Essendon info that you said, and and to add to Essendon as well, uh, Aaron Francis just tweaked a knee um, towards the end of last week as well, I believe, and um, had to be assisted from the field um, at training. So uh, yeah, Baldwin is definitely in the frame for round one there, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I, for, for me personally, as a as someone who watches the Dons quite a lot, I I don't like Baldwin's super coach capability, so. I would be trying to avoid him if at all possible. He's he's the sort of the type that will give you 50 to 60 one week, but then the next week he's going to give you 20 to 30 and not see much of the ball. Um, he is quite raw. He's young. Uh, if I can avoid him, I'll be going elsewhere, but uh, we may not have that luxury, unfortunately. Uh, another one, another name that, that has been popping up a little bit over the last couple of days is Mitch Owens from St Kilda. And, and you actually mentioned him last week. Nico, was a, as a possibility, he seems to be firming as a round one chance for the Saints. Um, can you give us a little bit more info about him? What, what do you know about him?
1: Look, I don't know too much about him. Um, all I know is that you know the injuries in the Saints engine room. Like uh, Hunter Clark was playing midfield, and he's he's out for you know four to six, so that has opened up a spot for him. Yeah, uh, he scored pretty well in in about you know sixty percent game time, I think, over over the last practice match. So yeah, I mean that's all we've got really um, to go on. And you know, as a bench option, there aren't really too many. You know, standout midfield bench options that we can we can rely on, and hopefully this guy, you know, is in the team round one and he's named somewhere near the ball or or a half forward or something, and yeah, we can just you know bank his points on the on the bench. Uh, another topic I wanted
2: to throw to you guys was the this idea of we've got a couple of primo super coach options who are sort of tests or wait and sees going into round one, and by those I'm referring to Nat Fife, Mitch Duncan, and Aaron Hall. All who have had some sort of injury cloud over the preseason, but all who who seem to be like who seem like they'll be okay for round one. So, Nico, are, are any of those guys in your mix at the
1: moment? No, I've completely ruled them out. If yeah, if they're a test and I'm paying premium coin, oh, that or you know a significant part of my salary cap on them, I just think it's a bit too risky. Yeah, I don't think there's um there's any point really in starting them. They might play round one and then aggravate the issue they've already got potentially miss miss a couple of weeks after that. I think it's just safer to, to go in with the guys who are fit, who have had really good pre-seasons, not interrupted ones. That's certainly the way I approach things.
2: Bandit, are you looking at either of any of those guys as a bit of a point of difference play?
0: No, I'm in the same boat as Nico for the moment, ruling those guys out. Jordan Dawson's another one you can put into that boat as well. He's had a bit of a calf issue over the last uh, couple of weeks and hasn't played any practice match minutes, much the same as Paddy Ryder that we just touched on, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, look, not for me. Mitch, Mitch Duncan's another one I think that you might have mentioned as well. Uh, Eddie, just, you know, interrupted pre-seasons are just a no-go for your primos. You know, that's a golden rule when it comes to super coaches. Pick guys who are fit and ready to go and, you know, come in with no uh, question marks over their physical performance.
1: We can throw Callum Mills in, in the mix there as well. He did play half a game the weekend just gone. Um, however, I mean, he scored brilliantly too. But if he's only playing half a game and he's still a doubt for round one, I wouldn't be picking him. He, for sure, he,
0: tempt, he, he tempted me on the weekend, boys. I got to admit, he was he was in my side for about half an hour, and it, geez, it oh, it, it looks good. I'm super keen on Callum Mills at, at some point this season. His his scoring capacity, like we saw in that practice match, albeit against North Melbourne, um, you know, he's just he looks at Scott Pendlebury 2.0. Just just glides through that midfield, and um, yeah, could be an absolute super coach star for a couple of years to come.
2: Um, a couple of Pies ones, Nico, that uh, do look lo- look like they'll be okay for round one. Taylor Adams and Pat Lapinski, uh, Lapinski in particular, has been has been a pretty popular preseason pick. Um, he did go down with that ankle injury, but it does appear like he'll be playing round one. Um, what can you tell us? Have you heard anything coming out of the club about how he's looking? Because um, it didn't look like a particularly nice ankle injury.
1: It didn't look great, and it was you know worries about you know they'll send osmosis you know potential there but very very happy as a as a supporter of the club that that he's good to go around one I still wouldn't be picking him at that that price point I think you know for an extra 50k you can get someone like Matty Rao, and I think to me you know that that's just a, a lot safer play I'd definitely pick him in draft or something if you've got you know the ability to do later in, in the rounds um but with Taylor Adams he's just far too injury prone for my liking he just misses uh, games every single year whether it be you know soft tissue uh, stuff mainly so yeah put a line through him unless you're playing draft again where you know he could be a good shout but not for classic one bit of good news that we should highlight is Sam
2: Doherty is on track for round 1 after a uh, yeah pretty horror run for him um personally and football wise he he looks like he's going to be okay. He got through a VFL game the other weekend. Looked really good, really, really good. Um, so I don't, yeah, I think it's, it is it is a bit of a risk taking him straight off the bat, but that would be one that I'd be very happy to to upgrade to at some point in the season. He's, yeah, as we know, proven credentials as a super coacher, and, yeah, seems like a great bloke by all accounts as well. So very happy for him that he's back. Um, I'm going to throw a bit of a question to you without notice, boys, and I hope you're ready for it. Nico, where are you leaning in terms of your vice-captain
1: and and captaincy situation for this week? Yep. So vice-captain, I think, is very easy, and that is Jackson McRae. So he's 100% locked in. I guess the issue with me is that if he does go large, um, how do I then take that VC score? Because at the moment, I'm looking at playing everybody, you know, who's named rookie-wise and full benches. So... It might, if he gets 140, 150, I might just you know play my hand into looking at it at a non-playing loop option and, and bank that vice captain score. However, if he gets a 110 or a 115, something like that, then I'm all in on the the toque train and against West Coast. I don't think there's a much safer captain play.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very jealous of the the took owners at the moment, um, particularly with that ra- that round one fixture against a, yeah a depleted West Coast outfit. So I like the sound of that. Um, in terms of the non playing rookie, that's something we've we've discussed a little bit over the preseason. Um, have we changed our beliefs on it? Because I, I think last time we left it, it was it was more of a it would only do it if absolutely necessary sort of sort of situation. Um, Bandit, where do you where do you lean on that fence? Because it does seem to be a question that divides the uh, the super coach community.
0: Yeah. I... Don't mind a a non playing rookie. Um, I think I'm probably more in favour of actually starting someone who you know has potentially been in and around a, a best twenty two over the preseason, and then has perhaps fallen away in the last couple of weeks. So someone like O'Driscoll uh, from Fremantle, for example may not play round one, but may play later in the year. So you can use him as a, as a loophole in those early rounds and then you won't have to trade him in uh, later in the year potentially. So in terms of the uh, VC for me, yeah, definitely McRae on, uh, on Wednesday night and then probably steal into Friday night against uh, against what will be a pretty depleted Collingwood side by the looks of things. So um, if I do go uh, that way, then our Driscoll could serve as, uh, as the ideal loophole in defence.
1: Yeah, we've also got um, Holland's as an option as well. Bandit for you know that guy who's probably close to to best twenty two um, at the Gold Coast, so he might be another one where you could use him as a loop for the first few rounds, and hopefully gets a gig come round three, four, five, etc. Yeah,
2: for sure. It's it's uh it's actually interesting that we don't have too much to talk about in the the vice captain and captain's roles. It seems to be a very clear cut decision. It's it's McRae vice captain, um, and then it's one of. Steel or took or one of those guys as the captain, and um, I'd be surprised if there's many, there's much variation out there. Have you have you seen any other options, Nico, that that you could potentially lean to in a in a pinch?
1: Yeah, look, I haven't really seen many. However, I wouldn't begrudge anyone going, you know, Max Gorn uh, against the Dogs, who, you know, he'll win probably seventy to eighty percent of those hitouts, um, and you know, dish him down to to his premium midfield all around him, so. Yeah, look, I think Max Scorn's going to score well. He he wouldn't be shocked me, you know, if he gets a 130 or a 140 and, you know, even outscores Jackson McRae. But I think the safe play is McRae, so I'll, I'll be going there.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue with that, Bannon. Is there, is there anyone else out there that you can throw in the mix or is it, is it a pretty blanket option between those three or four guys?
1: Yeah, it's.
0: I think... In the early rounds, you just want to play it safe with your captain. You don't want to sort of stray too far from what everyone else is doing just in case, you know, your pod VC or your pod captain doesn't go that well. You're sort of left chasing your tail for a lot of the season trying to make up those lost points um, as opposed to what everyone else is doing. So I'll probably leave those pod VC, options until uh, later in the season, I think.
2: One I do want to throw in the mix, mostly because I own him, is Clayton Oliver, who in the last four games of last year went one five nine, one six five, one two five, and one three nine against the Dogs in the Grand Final. So he is a big game player. They're obviously playing Wednesday night. That could be a nice little point of difference. If you if you don't want to lean the McRae direction, um, you could go Clayton Oliver. Uh, I think the safe option is McRae but I do occasionally uh, like a little bit of a a teasy one on that one. And so, yeah, it it is tempting to me, but I think McRae is definitely the safe option. Um, Is there anything else out of uh, last weekend or the last week's sort of injuries that that you guys wanted to to bring up before we moved on?
1: Yeah, Matt Tabernar's out for Frio. He's done a hamstring, so he's out for one or two weeks. That might open a door for a Frio rookie uh, to come in, potentially. Um, And my mate, or my boy, Kitty Coleman, unfortunately, (laughs) he's been... Confirmed out now for eight to ten weeks so whether or not that that opens a door uh, for uh, a Brisbane rookie like Wilmot um, who suspended round one he might be an option as a you know as a non-playing group loop, uh, loophole in round one if you wanted to go that way and, and bank McCrae's vice captaincy and you know pray to the gods that he's in the round two team.
0: Yeah, another one from me. I was doing some reading today just prior to coming on air with you boys and uh, I saw that Jack Henry from the Cats uh, actually got through a VFL scratch match over the weekend and is expected to put his hand up for round one. He's had an interrupted preseason, but obviously getting through a practice match before round one is a big tick and that could impact uh, Sam DeConing potentially. So, uh, you know, he was probably one that we looked at in the practice matches and thought, oh, he's a lock. He's going to play round one for sure. And then obviously, of course, Classy Along, they throw Spanner in the works at selection. So just keep an eye on that one for uh, for
1: the Cats. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be having him on field. Um, he's definitely more of a bench play because that drop security could be shaky, as Bennett says.
2: Now, boys, if you like out there as a listener are uh, enjoying this content and you like what we're doing and you like hearing us chat about Supercoach, then um, we've got a fantastic option for you. You can sign up to SC Playbook for $30, which covers our entire content base for the 2022 AFL season. It includes exclusive articles like Nico's team reveal, Bandit's team reveal, or you can also pay up $40, which gets you the full package for this season. It covers AFL, NRL, BBL, get access to, as I said, stacks of extra articles, but more importantly, entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with guys like us um, and other listeners and contributors as well about your team. Um, and you also get access to our Unlimited Group Major Prize. So if you're interested in that, um, you can join the SC Playbook AFL Unlimited Group on the Supercoach website. You can take us on, take on the community, um, and there's going to be big prizes as well. So the Major Prize for the highest-ranked SC Playbook subscriber to knock us off will be two tickets for you and a mate to a regular season game of choice next year, a food and drinks package, and a supporter's jersey of choice. Now, if you're not a subscriber, that's fine. Uh, The next prize, the minor prize, is two tickets for anyone, subscriber or non-subscriber, for a you and a mate to a regular season game of choice next year, a food and drinks package as well. The code to join that group is 210089. I think we're approaching about 200 people in there at the moment. So it's good. There's some healthy competition brewing. Um, that code, one more time, is 210089. Now, boys, um, as we head into round one, everyone, there's one big question on everyone's lips. What do Bandit and Nico's teams look like? No one gives us stuff what my team looks like, but I want to know what your boys' teams are looking like going into round one. I'm going to throw to you first, Nico. Can you sure. please run us through where your defensive line is looking as we speak right now? Subject to change, of course, but where is it at right now?
1: Yep. Defence is looking... A little bit shambolic. So I've gone pretty heavy back there. I have Jake Lloyd. I've got Daniel Rich. I've got Short. I've got Whitfield. So I've got four premium defenders. I've got Heath Chapman as a little mm. play sitting in there. And I've got Mitch Hinge from Adelaide as my uh, defensive number six. And he's been past fit from what I gather. So he looks like he's all locked in and, and playing a decent role off uh, off half back in the wing. Paddy McCartan, first on the pine there. So a little bit of coin uh, on the bench. And Sam DeConing, as we've touched on, he's um he's a bench option for me as as well as that defensive forward swing
2: now, into one, the mids. Yep. There's one big one that stands out for me from there before we move on, Nico, and that's Heath sure. Chapman. Now, I like Heath Chapman a lot, and I've had him in a keeper league for a while. I really enjoy him. Can you talk to me about why he is in your team currently?
1: More so because he fits my structure really well at that price point and he scored back to back tons in the practice matches. So from what we've seen and, you know, it's all we can go off at the moment, he's, he's playing a really good role, which is going to score him good points. And um, there's not really too many other options sort of at that price point. So he fits the bill for me and, and ticks a few boxes. So that's why he's there. And um, he should, you know, in Freo, he should get, you know, quite a lot of games there pending injury.
2: The other one is Jaden Short. Um, how are you
1: feeling about him? I sense there's some trepidation about starting with him. How are you feeling? No, there's no trepidation for me, mate. No, Jaden Short, he's all locked in, always pretty much has been locked in for me. So I think with, with Hulley gone, he's the number one guy coming out of defence. Booming kick, hits targets really well, kicks goals from, you know, handball receives outside 50. And yeah, I think. He hasn't scored, you know, a season average of 100 before, but I think he's going to smash that. And, yeah, he's he's well in there and he's not going anywhere.
2: Fantastic. Bandit, um, you've had a chance to listen to Nico's team. Have you made any changes on the fly after hearing hearing uh, the 2021 runner-ups team?
1: Not,
0: not in the last two minutes, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I did manage to tweak uh, my team over the last week or so on the back of the practice matches. Uh, I've actually gone from 11 primos back to 12, which I think is the structure that I'm most happy with. I'm just not sold on, on starting 11 primos. I wasn't sold when I had it, but it, I was sort of thinking, you know, it might have been a necessity thing just with, you know, lack of um, cheap rookies. But I've managed to squeeze 12 back in and uh, look pretty happy with the way I've sort of set up at the moment. So my backline at the moment is uh, Jack Crisp, Luke Ryan, Jaden Short and Lockie Whitfield as my primos. Uh, and then the last four spots are just rookie spots up for grabs, but at the moment, um, McCartan, Deconing, Gibkiss, and O'Driscoll are my defensive rookies. Uh, Luke Ryan's a bit of the, the pod play from, from my end. Um, I think with Frio's defensive, uh, well, key position stocks rather looking pretty healthy this year, he should be able to uh, go and find a bit more of his own ball, which is something that we've seen him do quite effectively in the past. Averaged 107 in 2020, so I'm hoping that he can get back to that sort of level. Um, Obviously, just missed out on averaging three figures last year, but I think if Freo can stay healthy at the back with those key position guys like Hamling and Pierce and Brennan Cox as well, uh, that frees Ryan up to, you know, be that sort of distributor for the Dockers out of out of their back half. So I really oh, like him as an. option. Is he on
1: kickouts as well, Bennett?
0: Yeah, he took a few kickouts in their practice match against West Coast as well. I don't think he had a total monopoly on them. Um, I think Nathan Wilson might have taken some kickouts as well, but he's actually hurt a shoulder, so he won't be there round one. So I'd expect uh, Luke Ryan to be taking the bulk of the uh, of the kickouts there for the Dockers.
2: I absolutely love it, Bandit. Now, I, there's one name I want to throw at both of you straight off the bat, and that's James Sicily. What's going on, Bandit? No Sicily?
0: Yeah, I would have started Sicily if I wasn't starting Whitfield. I just think, for in terms of overall risk profile of my team, I didn't want to have Whitfield and Sicily in the in the same team. Sicily obviously coming off a, a pretty long layoff with a, a near reconstruction. The Hawks actually made the decision not to bring him back last year, late in the season, and instead give him the full pre-season to come back as cherry up as possible. So, you know, I don't don't doubt that he's fully fit, but, you know, I just don't want to start Whitfield and Sicily in the same team. So um, I think Whitfield probably averages more than Sicily over the course of the season, and that was the way that I um, decided to go. Bandit?
1: Uh, sorry, Nico? Uh, I, I agree 100%. Risk, risk profile of, of having both Whitfield and Sicily uh, is too strong. Um, so, yeah, totally agree with Bandit on that one bit underwhelming in his performances as well in the practice matches, probably scored a couple of 80s. So probably wanted to see a little bit more um, from him in order to, to lock him in, but I'm, I'm happy to sit and watch him for now. Probably give away a lot of 50s with the new rules and all that kind of thing. So yeah.
2: I really like those pod plays from both of you. The, uh, the Luke Ryan one's a fantastic one, Bandit. Um, I haven't seen much buzz around him at all, but you've made a very persuasive case. Um, I'll throw it back to you, uh, Bandit, for your, for your midfield reveal.
0: Sure thing. So uh, just the one sort of surprise here, I guess, obviously the rookies have sort of locked themselves in with, uh, you know, your Horn Francis, um, Dacos, Ward, Stevens times two with Dylan from the Swans and Cooper from the Cats and uh, Connor McDonald from the Hawks as well. Looks like he's in the frame to play around one. Uh, the primos is where I've gone a little bit left field again as well. So I've had to sacrifice a little bit of cash uh, from the top end just to be able to fit another primo in my back line. So the four primos I've gone with, uh, Jack McRae, Jack Steele, Lockie Neal, and my pod play for the year is Christian Petrarca, who I think can pump out a big season this year. If you look back at his last nine games uh, over the course of 2021, actually averaged about 119 and had some really big scores. So uh, he's averaged about 115 or so, 117 or so in the past. Um, I think he can push that to 120 this year. He's, he's 26 years old entering the prime of his career, and I think he's in for a big 2022 as Melbourne look to go back-to-back. Back. So he's my pod play in the mids, uh, and that's rounded out by Jared Berry from Brisbane as well as that mid-price option.
2: I absolutely love that, Bandit. Um, I have, yeah, again, seen almost no buzz for, for Petrarca. So that's a good one. That's going to set you apart. Do you know what his ownership is at currently?
0: Last time I looked at it, it was, it was about 11%. Um, he didn't set the world on fire in the preseason game against Carlton, but he actually, I think he had about 25 disposals and kicked a couple of goals. But the thing was that held him back was he went at about 55% disposal efficiency. So it was a, probably the ideal preseason game, to be honest, because he's he's had you know mid-20s and kicked two, um, but he's butchered the footy a bit. So that's um, held his supercoach score back a bit, and that's probably why
1: people are, are looking over him a bit.
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, Nico, any thoughts
1: on that reveal from, from Bandit? Yeah, is interesting. I'll forever rue trading him last year um, during the buy period. That disposal efficiency was the key reason I did trade him last year. So he was scoring really well in Dream Team. It just wasn't really, you know, coming over to, to the supercoach system. So he turned that around, back end, absolutely averaged 120 Um you know, that was a really poor call by me. So, look, I do like it. Hopefully, you know, his disposal efficiency in the practice matches is a sign of things to come in, in the early rounds. Um, but, yeah, look, he's a great player. We know that. He can kick goals. Um, but, yeah, look, the rest is, is pretty much similar to me, which I'll, I'll go through it now if you like.
2: Yeah, please do. I was just going to say, regarding Petrarca, is at 606k, so you're sort of saving that 60, 70k on, on the likes of an Oliver, who's the next step up, so yeah, I can definitely see the reasoning behind that, Ben, that basically helps you get from a Sicily up to a Whitfield in that one move, so um, I'd definitely rate that. Nico, let's uh, let's hear what you've got in your mids.
1: Yep, so Jack McRae locked in there with the vice, took Miller, who I think could be the number one player in the game. Um, So I've got him there as as captain. Lockie Neal as my M3. And then I've got Matty Rowell as a bit of a uh, point of difference at M4. And then we've got Barry Horn Francis, Nick Dacos, and Ward from the Hawks to round out my starting midfield. And then I've got Stevens on the pine. Once again, there's a little bit of money there, but job security uh, is really, really good. And his role is really good. So he should score Okay. Uh, McDonald from the Hawks and Owens from the Saints to round it off.
2: Very nice. I did see a little uh raise of the eyebrows there, Bandit. I um, found the Matt Rowe mention. I take it you're, you're not, you work I take it from your team and and the eyebrow raise, you're not a huge Matt Rowe, uh fan.
0: Look, I don't mind it, but geez, Rowe at M4, that's a that's a big gamble compared to when you, I mean, we're obviously comparing teams, so we may as well do a comparison between. <laughs> Mine and yours, Nico, but you know, yep. compare Neil to, to Raoul at M four in, in the respective teams, you know, that's potentially if Rao gets off to a slow start or gets injured, that's that's a big call. I, I can understand the appeal of him, make make no mistake about that. Um, I'd love to get him into my team as well, but I just unfortunately don't have the cash to, to bring him in. Um, and it would be at the expense of someone like Jared Berry, it wouldn't be at the expense of a primo. So yep. no look, I'm not I'm not totally against him. Um, I didn't start with him last year, so I feel like, you know, he's had a pretty um, Sort of similar preparation, I guess he's had the full preseason to get over the injuries that he had last year, but um, yeah, he's probably in that price range where if a, if it doesn't work out, you're probably a bit more limited in, in your alternatives, whether you trade him down or trade him up.
1: Yeah, I just really like the way he played uh, the practice matches um, the last few weeks. He doesn't have any strapping on his shoulders. He looks really, really fit. We know the way he plays, he scores well because he's getting bulk contested possessions uh, and using it pretty well. So, yeah, look, it's it's a bit of a gamble. Um, obviously, with, with my structure as well, it's taking him in has knocked me down to 11 premium. So there's another difference between our teams. You've gone 12 and I've gone 11 um, with, you know, a couple of these extra mid prices. So the hope for me is that Raul is playing really, really well and he's fit and he could be my M8. Come the end of the year, I'll have no issues with him being there. Um, and if worse comes to worse, I reckon he'll average, you know, 90, 95. And if I trade him, I'm getting that 150K sort of that we look for with with a trade value.
2: Yeah, it's one thing we've discussed ad nauseum over the preseason is looking at that best case scenario for your picks. And I think you're right there, Nico, that you have a best case scenario for Rao that's, that's plausible. It's plausible that he becomes an M8, whereas for a guy like Sarong, let's say, that we've talked about, is it, is it really plausible that he finishes the year and you're starting, and you're starting eight? And I don't think it is, whereas with Raul, at least the downside is high and the upside is, is good as well. Um, I want to move on to the position that's been giving me personally the most grief this preseason, and I'm going to throw it straight back to you, Nico. The rocks. Yep. what what are you doing?
1: Playing it very safe. So I've got Max Gorn at R1, Brody Grundy at R2, and I've got Dixon at R three. So no no shock or, or surprises there. Um I think Max Gorn has, has proven uh to be you know the number one ruck still in the game. And um Brody Grundy should be returning to his his best form, trimming a few kilos and you know completely over his, his neck injury and just looking fit and hungry again.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure there's much to dispute there. There's uh, that seems to be a pretty Common play and for good reason. Um, Bandit, have you gone anywhere different or are you along the same lines?
0: No, along the same lines. Gorn and and Grundy for me haven't really deviated from that through the whole preseason. So, uh, yeah, from from my point of view, I think you've just got to go two set and forget Rucks. Um, You know, whether it's Gorn or Grundy or Darcy and Grundy or you want to throw Nick Nat into the mix as well. Uh, You know, I think, you know, tinkering with your Ruck line is uh, a recipe for disaster potentially if it goes wrong. So, from my point of view, just two set and forget rocks, and uh, Hugh Dixon on the bench from the West Coast. It looks like he's going to play early doors, hopefully.
2: Fantastic. Um, straight back to you, Bandit. Give us your forward line. I've been chopping and changing constantly down here. seems to be a, a place where you can you can either make or break money in terms of are you going to shell out and get the three primos, two or three primos, or are you going to try and go mid-prices? Which direction have you gone? <laughs>
0: More along the mid-price line for me here in the forwards, it's probably the line that I've gone lightest on for primos given that I've gone a bit heavier in defence. So uh, Dunkley, F1, he's obviously had a stellar preseason. Looks like he's over those uh, those shoulder issues that he had uh, through the course of 2021. Zach Butters, you know, all the talk is that he's been um, lined up for more midfield minutes this year. So if he can stay healthy, I don't see why he can't average anywhere from 95 to 105 potentially. Uh, And Stephen Cornelio, obviously a a cut price um, option for us, who's been very good in the past from a super coach point of view. Uh, Obviously, he hasn't shown in the last couple of years, but fingers crossed he can get back to averaging somewhere between, you know, 85 and 95. I think that'd be a a plausible and um, conceivable result um, from starting him. Uh, And then into the rookie price players, I guess. So Tristan Sherry from North Melbourne. Uh, All the talk is that he's going to be sort of that number one ruck. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous starting him. Uh, It sounds like Coleman Jones isn't far away from being available, but I think Coleman Jones is probably more of a forward option. So it might be between him and Goldie potentially as to who uh, gets that backup ruck spot potentially. Uh, Hugo Ralph Smith is another one I've got in my team at the moment. Um, I think with a couple of Tigers going down like Nick Floston and Dylan Grimes, his job security has just taken a little bit of a boost in the last few days. So happy to sit him there for the time being. Uh, Josh Rochelle from the Crows, he's clearly best 22 at that, at that club. So uh, you can start him with confidence. He's probably the, um, the best rookie price player we've got in the forward line in terms of his job security prospects and also his scoring potential as well, hopefully. Uh, And then a couple of 102K rookies on the bench for now. Nick Martin from the Bombers, who did some nice things in uh, the practice match against the Saints. Uh, Eddie, I know that you're in love with his performance. So hopefully hopefully, uh, the Bombers coaching staff felt the same way. And uh, also Jack Hayes, who I think will see some early action. If Paddy Rye doesn't play, I think he's the next cab off the rank for them. So uh, that's what I'm going with for now. I do have about 25 to 30K in the bank. So I could potentially go... Uh, Sherry or Ralph Smith up to Will Brody, for example, from Fremantle. Um but yeah, obviously just waiting for team news to drop later this week.
2: Fantastic. I did I did find really interesting today. I was having a look at the ownership percentages. Um Zach Butters is the fifteenth um, highest owned player in Supercoach right now. He's got forty three percent ownership, which I found stunning. I didn't really think that he'd he'd I thought he was more of a, a player that was in the super coach bubble on Twitter and every, we were all hyping him up, but other people weren't listening, but clearly not. He's he's really highly owned and Canelio is the second highest owned player in the game at 71%. So he seems like a free hit. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if either of you two aren't starting with him, but uh, let's hear what your forward line's looking like, Nico.
1: Yeah, very similar to Bandit. So I've got Dunkley F1, no issues whatsoever picking him. Um, he could... Easily average 120, uh, even 130. He started the year like a house on fire. I think he was the number one scoring player last season at about sort of round five or six when he went down. Zach Butters at F2. Um, we've spoken about him at length. Love his game. More midfield time. Ticks all the right boxes. Uh, I've got Canelio at F3. As you said, high ownership, free hit. Should be playing more in the midfield, so no problems there. Scored well in the practice match as well. Mitch McGovern. Got him there um, at 256K, so hoping, you know, he is going to be a a really good stepping stone um, for me Um, and I'll be getting, you know, a decent look at, you know, all the other sort of premium options um, by the time he sort of fattens up and can make an informed decision about where I want to go. Got Sherry as well in the hopes that he is named as the the number one ruck. If not, I'll try and move a a bit of money around, as Bandit said, to, to get into Will Brody, who has had, Back-to-back tons in the preseason, and is probably going to get his fair share of midfield time as well. Uh, Rochelle at F6, I think he's the perfect F6. He's uh, a match winner. He will score really well some games. He he probably won't score great in others, especially when you know Adelaide are getting smashed by the better teams. Uh, But I think he's a safe play there. And I've got Baldwin on the first bench uh, at the moment, as well as Hayes to to round out the team. So about. 13 to 14k sitting there so uh, ideally or if I need to hopefully Baldwin can go down to you know 102 like Martin and then I can get Sherry up to Brody if I have to but yeah pretty similar to Bandit there
2: yeah sounds good boys um that's pretty comprehensive I reckon is there any particular part of your team Bandit that, that is giving you the night terrors at the moment or is it all feeling pretty okay
0: I'm uh, pretty happy with the top end of things. Uh, I think, the, as we've touched on previously, the rookies is just the, the tough one at the moment. I, I personally can't remember a, a year where uh, rookies have been harder to choose from. There just doesn't seem to be any sort of 117 or 102K rookies that are really sort of locked into their, their teams ahead of round one. So I think lots of serious super coaches will be sweating on uh, on the Thursday teams just to see who's in, who's out. Um, and who we can potentially have on the bench for for later in the season.
2: How about you, Nico? Are You feeling confident? Is this the year that you you get over the final hurdle and get past that that second place
1: into the first position in SuperCoach? <laughs> Need a lot of a lot of luck for that to happen, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm I'm feeling pretty comfortable. I've gone very heavy in defence. I don't think there's a lot of teams out there who would have Lloyd and Rich um, in their defence. So I've showed up a lot of a lot of money there. Feeling pretty good. The only concern I've really got is is dropping down to that eleven primo number, and I feel okay about it because we've got some extra trades and those those trade boosts which we can utilize as well. So, yeah, look, hopefully that uh, that doesn't backfire. But yeah, pretty pretty comfortable. Well, the
2: round one is coming up fast, and as always, Top Sport has some of the best same-game multis in the business. Um, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au and use the code SC Playbook If you're linking up the, your account so that they know we sent you, it helps out the podcast, helps us stay on air. Um, 18 plus gamble responsibly. Now, every week this season, we're going to be previewing some of Top Sport's markets for the week. Um, we've been looking at the futures leading up to this round, but we've finally got some actual games to punt on. Now, Bennett, did you get a chance to look at some of the top top sport markets this week? Um, and which direction have you gone in terms of where you want to put your money? I'm going to give yeah, you 10. I'm, I'm going to give you 10 units to work with. By the way, we'll have 10 units each week. We're going to keep track. Um, loser at the end of the, the end of the year has to buy the other two a beer. Now, Bennett, where have you where have you gone with your 10 units?
0: Oh, geez, I wish you'd told me that earlier. I would have uh, put a bit more preparation into this, but uh, no, I have had a bit of a look. I, I started looking a couple of days ago just to sort of see what uh, what we were dealing with in terms of uh, odds and whatnot, but uh, yeah, penciled in three games that I like the look of, uh, and it's a three-game multi, so I'll take Richmond to beat Carlton. They've obviously had a good record over the Blues, the Tigers in the last few years, so I'll uh, hope that continues on Thursday night at the G., uh, I'll take the Saints to beat Collingwood. I think Collingwood are just, you know, decimated particularly in their back half, which I think is going to be quite telling against guys like Max King. I think he could really get hold of them at, uh, at Marvel on Friday night. So he could be the difference there. And uh, I also like Brisbane to beat Port Adelaide at the Gabba on Saturday, who, let's be honest, Port Adelaide haven't set the world on fire um, in the preseason. And the pressures, uh, you know, it seems to come on them every year to, to win that premiership. But um, yeah, they haven't started too promisingly through the preseason, so I'm tipping Brisbane to get the job done there. Uh, that three-leg multi will be $3.55 on top sport at the moment, so that looks like a, a
2: decent way to kick off the season. Love it. That sounds excellent to me. Nico, where do you go with this?
1: Yeah, look, I'm going to be a little bit boring. I'm just going to have my 10 units straight out on the Gold Coast Suns to beat West Coast. Ooh, um, nice. at Optus, So they're paying $2.13. I think they should be favourites, so I'm happy to, to go all in on that one. How can they not be favourites at this point? The West Coast are going to struggle to field a team. Yeah, yeah, that that's stood out to me. So yeah, let's go. Um, let's go there.
2: I'm going to let my uh, my heart go, take over my head a little bit here, and I'm going to go with a two leg multi with the Bombers winning outright against Geelong at the MCG, and I'm going to take the Lions minus ten and a half at the line against Port at the Gabba. Um, I have been look, staring at that Bombers Geelong market all pre-season, and I can't—I don't know if it's just my rose-colored glasses—but I can't work out how we're not favourites there. Does anyone know?
0: I think it's—I think it's your rose-colored glasses there, Eddie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Well, I've got ten units on that. Uh, Nico, you've got ten units outright and Gold Coast win. Uh, Bandit, you've got Richmond win, Saints win, Brisbane win in a three-leg multi paying three dollars fifty-five. I've entered that into the uh, into the spreadsheet. Um, we're going to keep in very close track of that over the course of the next few months. Now, boys, every Sunday night, uh, we put up a little post on the uh, on the SC Playbook socials. Um, we want you, the listeners, to get involved. It's the best part of the uh, the podcast for us is, is answering a few questions. Um, we've got a couple to get through today. First off, I'm going to throw this one straight to you, Bandit. Uh, Nathan A. Soti has asked, F6, question mark, question mark, Hayes or Martin too risky to start? What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I saw this question. To be honest, it does feel a bit risky uh, starting one of those guys at, at F6. They're obviously both um, as cheap as you can get in Supercoach um, and they're that cheap for a reason usually. Uh, Jack Hayes obviously hasn't put a foot wrong in the preseason. He's been a really savvy pickup by the Saints, I think. But I think those two guys in particular are more bench options. I'd be more comfortable with someone like Rochelle or, or even Corey Durden from the Blues at F6. He's, he's one who's in the frame for round one as well. Uh, but, yeah, from from Martin and Hayes' point of view, I'd be more comfortable, um, if it was my team, having having them on the bench.
2: Nico, I, you've been nodding along to that. I assume you, you're you in a similar vein.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100% agree, Bandit. Yep, too risky for, for F6. No issues having him on the pine, but what are you going to do if, you know, they're out in round two or round three, just say Ryder comes back in, um, or, you know, they have a poor game, there's nothing stopping them really being in and out of the side. So... Yeah, definitely bench fodder for me.
2: I agree. I'm going to stay with you here, Nico. We've got a qu- question coming in on fa- from Facebook um, from Corey Blackledge. Do I start row as I don't want to, <laughs> and that's pretty <laughs> yes, blunt. And I, <laughs> I can, <laughs> and I can see where Corey's mind is at, and I'm, I'm glad we've got the two the two differing opinions here. So, Nico, you're obviously in the row camp, bandit. You're in the RAL, in the not row camp. Uh, I'm going to give you 10 seconds, Nico. Sell row to me.
1: Yep, he's cheap. He's looked as fit as he has in um, you know his first season where he, he absolutely demolished um, the game and, and scored really, really huge numbers. A lot of contested possessions means bulk points. No strapping on his shoulders. He looks fit and ready to go. Yep, easy pick for me.
2: Fantastic. Now I'm going to go more into what Corey wants to hear and say, Bandit, convince me why Corey shouldn't get Matt Rau. Uh,
0: there's a few points for me. So the first one is obviously... The injury risk, I mean, albeit he's had a couple of unlucky injuries, done a PCL with his knee, that was obviously a high-impact injury, and also his shoulder, which was quite unlucky. Shades of Gary Ablett from from years gone by as well. So, you know, unlucky injuries, but also significant injuries. So I think you need to factor that in when you're choosing players like that. Um, not knocking his role at all, but I think Gold Coast will struggle this year. So that's probably another reason to to go against him. Uh, and then I think the biggest overall factor as well. If you if you don't like a player, then you don't have to pick them. Supercoach is about picking guys that that you want to pick and the, and that you like seeing play. So from my point of view, if you don't want to pick him, don't pick him.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree on that point. Yeah, you've got complete ownership of your team, so do what you want to do. Yep, don't
2: feel like you need to go with the pack. I think is is what I would say is if you yeah if you enjoy watching someone play, by all means avoid them or stay on them. It's uh, it's as simple as that. Now, last question. Uh, I'm gonna open up this one to to you first, Nico. Rainman on Twitter, who's one of our big fans, and I want to give a shout out to Rainman. Wants to know to crips or not to crips. It's a result. It's a revolving door.
1: Yeah, and it's the type of call that could make or break your year at that at that price point. So it's a no for me. I believe last year he came out and absolutely smashed it in one of the practice matches, but we had two practice matches last year, and he was an absolute flop in the second one. So. We don't get a look at that, you know, official second practice match this time around. I think his body is just a little bit too banged up. He's done too much heavy lifting in that team for, for too long. I just don't think he'll be able to sustain that kind of performance week in, week out. He's not going to be kicking four goals week in, week out. So a lot of those were, you know, 50-meter penalties that, you know, he got brought, you know, in, into goal-scoring range. So, yeah, look, too many, too many risks for my liking – and I'll start Raoul happily and save myself 110k in that situation.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at the ownership now. And Cripps is surprisingly at 32.5% ownership, which uh, which seems high to me. And given, especially given Jared Berry, who we all really like, is at 26.4% ownership. So you're getting a, a bigger point of difference player for 160k, almost 200k, uh, almost 200k less. Um, and probably in my eyes with the same sort of scoring potential. Um, Bandit, have you got... Do you, do you have any differing opinions there? Or are you sort of out on the Crips train as well?
0: Not really. Judging by those ownership numbers, it sounds like some of the Jared Berry fans have probably jumped off and found ways to squeeze raul or Crips into their team instead. Uh, I'm with Nico. I think the the price versus risk factor there is probably a little bit high for Crips. I'd probably more be more open to starting him if Sam Walsh was fit and healthy. I think Sam Walsh being that team probably takes some of the attention away from Crips and teams will probably look to get more into Walsh, he's a bit more of an outside player and potentially someone you could put a bit more of a stop on. So with Walsh not there, I think Cripps becomes the, the main target for opposition teams again. And like Nico said, he's been banged around quite a bit, even though he's still a young guy and, and has you know many years ahead of him still. Um, there's that injury risk and um, we know that he's, he's pretty um, strong-headed when it comes to playing through injury. We saw it last year where it was he was clearly not fit. Um, and he was still rolling up um, to his credit week in, week out, but he probably wasn't helping himself or the team much. So from my point of view, it's just a bit of a risky pick in in that mid 400k range, and I think you can spend your money better elsewhere.
1: Really good call, Bandit. I think, yeah, he's the type of player to to play through those injuries because of his importance to the team, and his supercoach scores will be affected as a result, and hence, you know, he might play 20-odd games, but that average might drop as a result of that.
2: Well, great stuff today, boys. That's about all we've got time for today. Um, I personally cannot wait for this Wednesday night. Um, It's going to be great to see footy back on the TV. Um, I'm going to be at the game, which I'm very excited about, the Doggies uh, Melbourne kicking the season off in style. And, yeah, I can't wait to catch up with you two this time next week and we'll, we'll debrief about how round one's gone. Bandit, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Nico, thank you as always.
1: Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Bandit.
2: Really good chat. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. We will see you same time, same place next week.